right, good morning, everybody. Um, we're live here on youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. And if you're watching on Instagram, you can always uh, head over to this conversation by clicking the link in my bio, and that will allow me to post comments from you and, uh, and engage more actively in the conversation. You can still watch through Instagram as well. That's always an option, but I just want to give you the feedback. And if you're listening to the audio recording of this, you'll notice that I say that a lot. <laughs> and the reason I say it a lot is I just want people to have the opportunity to have their voices shared on a video that's going to last for quite a long time. Um, so if that's something that speaks to you, please do head on over by clicking the link in my bio on Instagram. And uh, you can also watch from Instagram. It's like the behind the scenes camera. So I have poured myself a uh, cup of oolong tea. Here's my uh, beautiful uh, teapot. You can see everybody. And uh, it, this particular oolong is called It's Toast because it tastes a little bit like fresh bread. Not really, but that's kind of why they call this particular oolong that. But it's a delicious oolong. And uh, if you want to learn more about tea, please do let me know. And uh, it's something that I love to share in my in my practice. It's a part of it's a tea, I mean a plant medicine that's really meaningful to me, and it's been very supportive of me in my mindfulness journey. So here we go. Welcome everyone. It's delicious. So I would invite you to pour yourself a cup of tea or make yourself a cup of coffee if you're a coffee drinker and settle in for the for the conversation. If you're watching on Instagram, please do uh, head on over to the link in my bio where I can post your comments. Um, if it serves you better to be on Instagram, that's fine. Ah, good. Love to learn. That's nice. This is uh, Blanca Castillo is live on the YouTube and I can post up her comments. Nice to see you, sister. And Kira, nice to see you as well. Good morning. Woot woot. She gave a woot woot to the tea party, so I uh, appreciate that. Nice to see you both, and thanks for being here. So first things first, I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Thank you to um, Minds Dye, who made this beautiful tie-dyed the star, which uh, for those of you who uh, use the word turban, that's fine. It's an English word. Uh, I like the word dastar, which comes from the uh, Sikh tradition, which is a crown. And so this, I'm wearing my crown today that was made, hand-dyed by Minds Dye, who makes a lot of the uh, fabrics that I wear. And she can do anything custom. She's very talented. Um, and you can find her on Instagram at Minds Dye, like D-Y-E. And uh, also on the Etsy store, you can check her out there at the Minds Dye, and she can make you something beautiful. Uh, she's very talented. I've got some bed sheets coming any day now, so I'm looking forward to that, like a duvet cover. And also shout out to Seed Apparel, who make uh, really stylish hemp clothing. They've been a sponsor for quite some time. They make really stylish pants. They are a completely sustainable, environmentally sustainable company. And they're also uh, very uh, um, socially responsible as well. So shout out to Seed. You can check them out at theseedstore.ca or I am Seed on Instagram. And good morning. Nice to see you. And um, also uh, we have a new sponsor, which uh, let's see if I got it. Yes, new sponsor. So they are called Shakti Jewelry, and you can check them out at My Shakti online and also on Shakti Jewelry on Instagram. They make beautiful adornments, um, and you'll see more of that. Uh, she's making a piece for me now that says Deg Teg Fate on it um, and uh, just sort of uh, a philosophy from the Sikh tradition that means a lot to me, this idea of uh, charity and courage and how they work together, service and strength together, um, the warrior and the sage together. So that's what I strive to be, and I'm thankful for the new sponsors. If you do something, you know, in your daily life that you feel could be of benefit uh, to the program, you can uh, let me know, and uh, there's always opportunities for exchange and sponsorship. I'm just going to pour some more tea for myself here. Do you all have some tea going on, some coffee going on for our talk? I hope so. And if you do, let me know. What do you what do you prefer? Do you prefer tea or coffee? 
what do you drink? Um, and those of you watching on Instagram, if you feel like coming over to the HD good sound version, you just click the link in my bio and I'll take you right over. Okay, so today's show is called How to Break Free from Addiction. And we got a beautiful uh, image up on the screen. Looks very ominous, but don't worry, we're going from the challenge into the solution, the darkness into the light, the ignorance into the knowledge. Yes, cha, for sure, brother. Uh, on Instagram, we got uh, Chica6420, all about the cha. She bakes all about the cha. Blanca over here, all about the cha too. I feel y'all. I'm a, I'm a tea drinker through and through to the fullest. So what I wanted to explore today, and I would be more than happy to post any comments or questions that you may have um, in the uh, chat here on the YouTube page. And what I want to talk about is addiction and ways to break free from the grips of addiction. If you'd like to hear my whole story, well, the, the most full story that has been released to the public to date, you can catch that on YouTube by watching the five-part series, My Recovery Journey, which is also available on the podcast platform at Revealing the Diamond. So you can check that out if you would like to hear the whole story. So I'm going to probably dip into it a little bit today. But just more talk about the things that have really supported me um, to break free from recovery and also that have uh, supported clients because I do work one-on-one uh, -on -one with a lot of people who are struggling with addiction. And uh, I want to uh, kick this conversation off by saying that if you need support or you know anyone who needs support in the realm of addiction and recovery, um, there's a few ways to do that. The one option is, is that we have a free recovery circle. It's at 7 p.m. Pacific time every Monday night. Uh, the link is in my bio. And you can also go to my website at tiagaprem.com. And I've got it up on the screen for those of you watching on the YouTube channel. And um, you can find my whole schedule there. So if you forget, the schedule has live links. Monday night, you just go there, click the button, and it will put you right in the room. Try and make it as simple as possible uh, to get to that recovery work. So you can go to tiagoprem.com. Another option if you would like support in the realm of recovery, but also in the realm of spiritual growth and development or whatever it is that you're working on, personal development, vision, um, you could become a member of the Truth Seekers Union, and that supports me and my family to continue to do the work that we do. You can also get access through tiagoprem.com. And uh, then the last option is, is to do one-on-one -on -one counseling. Um, that's something that I offer. And I've, I've worked with some clients for years. There, I also have new clients, and it's been a, a real blessing to be a part of people's recovery journey. Um, and that being said, what I would love to say about recovery is that recovery is not necessarily um, a recovery from addiction to drugs and alcohol. We think about it like that because we're, we've heard about alcoholism and we've heard about drug addiction and that kind of thing. But I think about recovery in a much broader sense of the word. And so what I mean by that, and I would love to hear if anybody has any thoughts on addiction and recovery, uh, definitions of your own, please feel free to drop them in the comments so I can share them. Um, so the way I think about it is addiction is uh, our whole lives work in cycles and circles or patterns, and we repeat patterns over time. And if the pattern becomes something, you know, chronic <laughs> or um, habitual, um, it could be very challenging to change the pattern. Now, some of those patterns may be in support of our vision, our purpose, our destiny, and those are great patterns. And I would recommend continuing to explore those patterns because, you know, that's what we want. Ultimately, we want to live in alignment with who we are and why we're here in this life. But if we have other patterns, which most people have, and I believe that every person on this planet could benefit from recovery work, whether you are addicted to drugs and alcohol or not. Um, if we have patterns that uh, produce symptoms, right? Patterns produce symptoms, what shows up on the surface. The patterns produce symptoms that are other than or not in alignment or in opposition to our vision or our purpose in this life. Um, 
those are also very hard to break. And oftentimes, if we've done them for long periods of time, we don't even really recognize that either A, we're doing them, or B, uh, the severity uh, of the symptoms that they're producing, or even that a pattern is producing the symptom. And we get into a mentality of like, why does this always happen to me? Uh, victim mentality and that kind of thing. So addiction is repeating that second pattern that I'm describing um, and continuing to have these harmful symptoms show up on the surface uh, and and not, you know, seek to address the pattern that's addiction and so we could do that with anything we could do that anything has the potential to be misused anything has the potential to be harmful in our lives and also anything has the potential to be medicine and to heal the question is are we in right relationship with the pattern are we aware of the pattern and if the pattern is causing harm are we committed to shifting the pattern or creating a new relationship with the pattern and that my friend is recovery recovery is the process of uh, getting back in touch with your vision or your purpose creating new patterns that produce new symptoms and maybe they're maybe they're not new like you've just had them for the first time maybe it's a return I mean, I would say most of the time it's a return to something that you had known was there, but you'd lost touch with it. And, and you know, that is also a spiritual life. And they are the, to me, those are synonymous. The path of recovery and the path of spirituality are synonymous. And that's sort of where I'm coming from. Um, I'm just going to add a comment from Kira to the screen. And uh, good morning, J Meds. Nice to see you on Instagram. Anybody who would like to have their comments added to the conversation, please feel free to click the link in my bio and come on over to the live session that's happening on the YouTube page. So Kira says, you've mentioned recovery as recovering yourself. I relate to that. I've been untrue to myself, betrayed myself to get connection and love from outside of myself. Now looking at my attachment wounds. Yeah, 100%. This is exactly what we're talking about this morning. Recovery is recovering your relationship to who you really are, which we may have lost touch with because we're playing. Basically, you all have heard of the term karma before or karam. Uh, karam or karma. Oops, just got to press a button here. Karam or karma is the conditions in your life. And and by the way, when we say inner and outer, some of these things happen inside of you per se. Like you can't see your thoughts outside of you, but your thoughts are related to your karmas. Does that make sense? So it's like, what's ha let's think about it like this. Have you all ever been around a child before when they're quite young, like like a toddler or when they're really cute, like two, three, four, like something like that, before they go to kindergarten age, but, but old enough that they can talk? Anybody know someone like that? Maybe you have a child, a nephew, a friend. And you'll notice that there's something about them that is very unique. And then there is, as they age, they start to be influenced by many factors, like their thoughts, what they saw on a TV show, their peers, their, the way their parents communicate with each other and to them, all of these different factors start to influence this part of them that is very unique before the influence becomes quite heavy. Does that make sense? And when I say heavy, I mean like it's, it's sort of, they're shifting out of the reality where they're very much in touch with who they are and then they start to be influenced by what they are experiencing. Does that make sense? So that part of who you are that you're born with, like Guru Nanak, one of my uh, primary teachers, the first guru of the Sikh tradition, says that you are born with a knowing of who you are. You are born with your dhatam, with your purpose in this life, written on the inside of your forehead. And... As you begin to be influenced by, we're going to say external, but just so you know, your thoughts are a part of that, okay? So, because sometimes you think the thought's internal. I'm talking about deep, 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 deep internal. The part of you that was not uh, influenced by anything that you came into this world with. That's what I mean by internal. And external is everything else. Everything else. Or we call it maya. 
right? Maya, this, this world, this pairs of opposites, good thoughts, bad thoughts, happy thoughts, sad, 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 <laughs> happy thoughts. We'll do the rewind. Y'all remember the rewind sound? All right. So there's the rewind sound. So we'll say happy thoughts, sad thoughts, all of these pairs of opposites that we're experiencing. And we're affected by that. The part of us that knows who they are is viewing all of that. So there's like this third part of you. We're looking out at the world and we're understanding it to be pairs of opposites, right? Even look at uh, Judeo-Christian religion, like heaven or hell. Are you going to heaven or hell? But some part of you is observing all of these pairs of opposites. Hey, B. Noel, nice to see you up on here. Wrangling life force, whichever you prefer. Um, so some part of you is observing these pairs of opposites. And that's the part of you that we're talking about in recovery. We've gone into this, especially addiction, right? It's like we go towards pleasure. This is the pairs of opposites. I'm fitting into the screen perfectly. So we go towards pleasure. We go away from pain. We're attached to pleasure. We are averting pain. We're avoiding it. And if we do that, for a long time, our life may come out of harmony, may come out of balance. And there's something natural to it, you know, like an, every animal wants to be happy. Every animal wants to be free from suffering. This is a biological response. It's survival. But if we go, if we get so wrapped up in that, that we'll do anything for pleasure, even if it's not listening to that inner part of us that knows we start to lose ourselves and we need to recover our relationship to ourself. And that's recovery. And then recovery becomes, and maybe y'all can relate to this, becomes a um, commitment to being with both of the pairs of opposites or holding both pairs of opposites. Okay, so life is going to be filled with joy. Life is going to be filled with pain. Just going to give a shout out to some of my folks on Instagram. Um, wake up, Lulu. Nice to see you. Uh, I can't quite see that. KT Kess, 17 maybe. And Christina Hair Love. Nice to see you all on here. I'm just over on the Instagram page. So if you like to have your comments posted or anything like that, please join the conversation over there. You can just click the link on my bio. Um, you're also welcome to view from here. Is that making sense? Is everybody with me? It's kind of like there's an, a deep, deep, deep inner part of you that knows who they are. And then there's the world of opposites, which is the world of Maya, which is everything that you see around you. And recovery is when we recognize that we're really buying into the pairs of opposites as being reality and we're not listening to our inner self that knows. And sometimes our inner self that knows is not going to fit into the way that the world works like you may make a choice that's in alignment with your soul or your true self or whatever you want to call it and everybody around you could be telling you that it's wrong and if you don't have a strong connection to who you are you may go along you may go along with what is other than your purpose or your calling this is a comment from kira saying what if pleasure and pain aren't separate they're not separate. You're right. That's what I'm talking about. The ability to hold both. They are opposite. They are opposing forces, but everything in nature functions because of opposing forces. There is no one without the other. Night and day. Right? Reproduction cells, pairs of opposites. But they're one and the same. And the idea is that some part of you can create a relationship where you understand, as Kira just shared, that they are not separate. They go together. Yes, tuning into your truth, discovering it as you dismantle all you've been taught. That's right. It's an unlearning. It's a holding of the pleasure and the pain. I just dragged that comment over my face. Let's see what uh, Blanca Castillo says here. For me, just go from one to another. Just keep knowing it's all temporary. Yes, it is temporary, relatively speaking. Hey, Andrea, nice to see you on here, sister. I got your message. Thanks for connecting. Um, okay, so we're good. Yes, so good. Back in front of hand, two sides of the same coin. Can only see one at a time, but they coexist. Yes, 
You got it. So now we're talking about duality and non-duality. And the particular dharma or faith that I practice, and there are other non-dualistic practices, but here's the beautiful thing about Sikhi or being a Sikh, and I think it will resonate for everybody. It's not, you know, I'm not saying join this religion. I don't actually think anyone should unless they feel called. But the concept is a universal concept. And the concept is, is that Duality appears to be real. And then there is some part of you that can understand that there is actually no other. There's nothing outside of you. That everything is one. But the process of understanding that, you go through the experience of polarities. Pain and pleasure, right? Think about your recovery. If anybody here is in recovery... Like, what brought you to recognize, like, you've got a problem and you need to make a change? Pain. What keeps you on the path? Just pain? For me, it's not just pain. I I love my life in recovery. Morning, Jacob. I love my life in recovery. I love waking up feeling mentally clear. You know, and so that, that inspires me the same way the pain inspires me. And so it becomes a relationship with myself where I recognize that the pain is here to serve me and that the pleasure is here to serve me. And like we said, like anything can awaken and it can also be a distraction. Pleasure can be a distraction. And when I say distraction, I mean from living your purpose, recovering yourself. And so can pain. Is that making sense? Right. So... So when we say how to break free from addiction, this is the, a big part of this journey is acknowledging that it, it's possible that pain could help me be free. It's possible that joy could help me be free, freely as myself. When you fall in love with the results. Yes, thank you. Wake up, Lulu. So... In my life, in my uh, addiction, I was always going towards, I just want to feel good. Pain is a catalyst, definitely, 100%. I was always, like, you know, I would have a, a struggle in a relationship. And if it didn't feel good, I would run away. Um, I would have pain in my home. And instead of facing the pain, I would run away. I, got, I did a lot of running. I mean, I left home as a teenage kid to live on the street with the punk rockers and the graffiti artists and the train hoppers and, you know. And my parents didn't have the tools to, to know what was going on with me. They just knew that I wasn't living the way they're living. But I can look back in hindsight and see that I just didn't want to feel pain. I didn't want to feel pain. I can remember um, my daughter, when I was, before I was about my daughter's age, things were pretty like clear for me. I had a healthy relationship with who I am. And then uh, my grandfather passed away suddenly in the night. And this was like, like a child's dream grandfather. Like a big beard, you know, massive Guru Ramdas style beard. And uh, drove an 18-wheeler, like a big semi-truck. Smoked a pipe, like a, the smell of pipe tobacco. So I love it. I don't smoke, but I love that smell. It brings me right to uh, be with my grandfather. And he'd take me out on fishing trips, out in nature, laughing all the time. Just a beautiful man. And he passed away in his uh, sleep when I was eight. And my parents told me, you know, that my grandfather had died. And I locked myself in the bathroom. And I stayed in there for a long time. And I wouldn't come out. And my, my parents, they were young parents. I mean, I think about it like this. When I was, <laughs> when my parents were my age, my sister and I were adults. Like, I feel like I'm just starting to get a sense of who I am at 40. Imagine having two adult children. 
Sorry about that. If I lost you on Instagram, I don't know if you could still hear me. My phone was ringing. Um, you know, so they didn't know what to do. And there was no conversation about grief. There wasn't really even much conversation about, like, death. It was just kind of like, well, I hope he kind of comes around. <laughs> And then I, I created a pattern in my life. We're talking about addictions and patterns today of any time something was hard, instead of going through the grieving process, instead of really feeling it, I would try and run away because that was the behavior that was uh, shown to me. You know, you just sort of like skirt it aside and hopefully will pass. That's problematic. And if that becomes a pattern in your life, I can see personally, like, that's where a lot of the addiction stuff came from. Anytime something was hard, I lost a friend, I lost a relationship, and especially when I started with uh, using harder drugs when I was uh, older. You know, I had a friend pass away, and when that friend passed away, I couldn't even go to the funeral. I wasn't available. I couldn't look at death. It's deep fulfillment from devotion. Can you expand on that? I, th I, may have, I may have missed you for a sec there. Um, but you see what I'm talking about here? So there's a pattern there. And the pattern is anytime there's pain, don't feel it. Look to something that will uh, cover it up. And getting high, getting drunk, needing the uh, external validation of my peers, even if it was not in alignment with my purpose. Those were the problems, right? And then if that happens habitually, I lose sight, uh, lose sight or lose track of a connection with myself. And what is recovery again? Is recovering a relationship to yourself. And so over time, you start to realize the importance of grief. Over time, you start to realize the pattern of seeking uh, acceptance from something outside of you. And also you start to realize, you know, that the substance that you're addicted to, if it's a substance thing, it's not so much the substance that has power over you, it's the pattern. The substance is more related to the symptom. What are you seeking to treat? What is the symptom that you're seeking to treat? when you're getting uh, drinking excessively. There's got to be some symptom that you're looking to treat. Does that make sense? You with me? Yes, I have a friend with years of recovery, uh, uh, years of experience in recovery circles, and her wisdom is that, to process the grief, to feel through it. Yes, I'm going to put that one up on the screen. That's really what it's about. That's what I mean. It's holding the pairs of opposites. If you have ever been in a recovery circle, and let me know if you've ever been in a recovery circle. Sorry, I'm just fixing my screen here. Let me know if you've ever been in a recovery circle, but you'll notice that there are tales of great suffering and there are tales of great triumph and they're happening in the same place. That's what makes it a recovery circle. And so it's a process of learning to move through the pairs of opposites, which is exactly what Sikhi is. That's why I practice uh, to be a Sikh. It's the same thing. They go together for me. I don't see them as different. In fact, I often tell people who are not interested in some kind of spiritual discipline when they want to work uh, with me as a counselor, if they're not open to the idea, I do let them know that there is, uh, there is a possibility that this might not be a good fit. Because where I found my real steadiness in being able to process these pairs of opposites is through a spiritual practice, by the grace of the guru, by the practice of meditation. Now, it doesn't have to be this particular practice. It could be anything. But here's the thing, in recovery work and also in spiritual work, structure is your friend. Not rigidity, not dogma, structure. And if you're not sure how to cultivate that structure, we're going to have to find uh, uh, something. 
because just flowing with the pairs of opposites is crushing. It's not just flowing. It's grounding down, feeling, experiencing more than it is just, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. It got me into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> but the freedom has come from structure. Yes, I've been in circles too. What if we fully process and we're not bound to the old story? Yes. Structure is key, central to my life. 100% I'm with you, sister. Kira, can you expand a little bit on on your comment there? I would love to, to uh, t touch on that if you, if you feel called. Um, Blanca Castillo and mantras, damn, another level during the ambrosial hours. Yes, definitely. You know, the healing power of music. The healing power of music. Especially early in the morning, especially when you're in pain, especially when you're feeling joy and you want to celebrate sound as teacher. Shabbat Guru. If you're finding value in this conversation and you're watching on YouTube right now, I'd encourage you to hit the subscribe button. And uh, if it's not too much trouble, hit the thumbs up. That way more people will see this video. That would really uh, help me out a lot. If you're watching on Instagram and you'd like to be able to share your comments, please feel free to click the link in my bio, which will bring you over to the conversation uh, where you can share and I can post your comments, etc. So... Uh, what I would encourage you to do, or if you know somebody who is struggling with addiction or you're sharing this material with them, um, what I would encourage you to do is to think about, is there something in your life that allow you, that it's not really allow, that supports you? Is it rewind time? It's rewind time. That supports you to sit with your pain like you know maybe it's go for a walk maybe it's play your guitar and sing a song maybe it's like is there something and if there's not it's okay but that's a great place to start because you're going to find medicine there right because we're talking about pairs of opposites is there something that you can do that allows you to sit with the pain like you know crying while you're singing a song that is good medicine. I notice the recovery circles hold us safe, and maybe I'm judging the timing of healing, but it can also allow us to stay in thought loops unless we fully process the pain we're avoiding. Yes, that's true. I'm going to put that uh, comment up. That's true, Kira, and I agree. And I think the, the point here with the circles is I, I definitely encourage people to view things through a lens of strength and hope. And it's not about war stories. However, the process of recovery is a pilgrimage. And going through your story and sharing your story out loud can be very therapeutic. And I think the challenge is, is surrounding yourself with people who are going to hold space for you to process your story. But not allow you to get stuck there, which is one side of the pairs of opposites, and also not become distracted by like a glorification of this is what my pain. You know, my uh, I had a, a friend who um, was dating a person who was very successful, and they were a functioning alcoholic. And they, you know, they made a lot of money, looked really good on paper, lot of money, super wealthy. But they would drink and hurt people that they they liked. I mean, enough that they could still do their job and stuff and that kind of thing, but they were, you know, keeping up with the Joneses in the wine realm and drinking three bottles of wine a night and, and just, like, becoming this, you know, icky version of themselves when they would do that. And... And then when my friend who was in relationship with this person would call them out on their uh, alcoholism, they would admit to having the problem and they would have a breakdown, emotional breakdown. And then they would blame their issue on the fact that they were forced to leave home as a teenager because their parents didn't love them. Now, the challenge is, is that they began the process of looking at where their pain came from 
but then they stayed there and allowed that story to um, act as an excuse for their behavior around their alcoholism. So that's what you're talking about, right? Where it's like that actually becomes a hindrance to the journey of recovery. But it also, remember, we're holding both at the same time. It's also a part of the healing. But if we're not able to hold both, and if we're not looking at how can I create a more honest and accountable relationship with myself and my purpose in this life, then we can become distracted by the maya, by the pairs of opposites. And that story can become a hindrance. At the same time, it can be a medicine. So you illustrated my point so well. The idea is that anything can be misused and can be a distraction from your recovery journey. And anything can also at the same time awaken. And that's why when there's hard lines around recovery or one size fits all around recovery, that's very challenging. But it may be a great stepping stone at the same time it really depends and hopefully by the grace of the guru by the grace of the inner knower you'll come across people who recognize that in you i'm just going to go to some of the comments here if you're watching on instagram we're going we're live on youtube where i can post your comments but please feel free to put any comments in the instagram as well um sally says let's put the let's put some of these up so y'all can read along Yes, Tiago. Well, oh, this is the clarification. Yes, Tiago. Well, you asked us what makes us stay on the path of recovery. Devotion. Beautiful. For me, it's the more committed I, I am to my path and my truth, the deeper the fulfillment, the greater the satisfaction. That's beautiful, Sally. I'm so with you on that. Thank you. Pilgrimage. I love that. Staying on course no matter what yields great inner gems. I love it. <laughs> That's so cute. Part of, my, part of my addiction to external validation leads to perfectionism. So I do see myself balancing, flipping between acceptance of self and other and growth. Yeah, those are the pairs of opposites that we're talking about, right? 100%, staying on course no matter what. Oh, yeah, she's giving uh, some love there. Agree, Kira, dropping the mic today. Yeah, Kira, you're on fire today. Let's, uh, let's give it up for Kira. I love it. All right. So, and you can see kind of where I'm going here is that it can be very challenging for somebody who has a pattern of going towards the, the perfect, the ideal perfect, and then not being able to sustain the perfect and then feeling like, what's the point anyways, and going back and forth from these two extremes. And it's the going back and forth that is actually the teacher. It's guiding us home to who we are. You know, and then hopefully we recognize when those are very extreme that they, that can be dangerous to ourselves and to others. And then the teachings are going to come through stronger and stronger. And they may come in the form of death and they may come in the form of sickness and they may come in the form of mental illness. And, you know, these are these are realities. But like I said, anything has the potential to heal. So a near-death experience, even a sickness, has the potential to be medicine and to bring us home to who we are. Anybody experience that? Um, yes, the hard lines can save lives. However, for many, it will have the opposite effect. All you say resonates. And yes, Kira, yeah. Yeah, and so that's where it's like when I'm working with people in recovery, There, I have hard lines. You know, I've learned from back and forth and back and forth that I – Choosing to not drink alcohol is in alignment with my uh, soul's purpose. And I, it's taken hard lessons to understand that. Also, being very rigid and dogmatic in my spiritual practice is problematic. Just got the laundry uh, coming in here. You can just leave that. I'll get to it after. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to move that out of the shot. Rewind button. All right. I'm going to read uh, Wake Up Lulu's comment. I am also cautioning the affirmation of stating I am and blank is not what we want to affirm. I feel you on that. 
I feel you on that. Okay, so where I was going with that is that I've become aware that for me personally in my life, um, alcohol is not a, an effective medicine. Right? Alcohol is not an effective medicine. For me personally, does that mean that it's not going to be an effective medicine for anyone? No. That's not what we're talking about here. I don't know. But I do know from my studies and in you know medicine and being a healer that anything has the potential to heal. Have you all heard the story of where Ayurveda came from, the uh, ancient Indian science? And it's very connected to Tibetan medicine. But the idea is, is that there's like a... I heard it told like this, but maybe you heard it a different way. But the Buddha is seeking a physician. And in seeking a physician, there are these three great healers, and he, sa- he has them come to him, and he wants to choose who's going to be the official uh, physician or healer of the, of the Buddha. And so he gives them a challenge. And the challenge is, he says, I want you to go out into the woods and find something that has no healing properties. And they all go, okay. And he says, when you find it, bring it back to me. And so he goes off into the woods and he's uh, searching around looking for something. uh, Sorry, the three of them are searching for something that does not bring healing. And the first one finds a, a stone. And so he comes back to the Buddha with his stone and he says, well, surely this stone doesn't have any, uh, any medicinal properties. Morning, Sam. Hope you're well, sister. Nice to see you on Instagram. We're, we're live over on the YouTube platform. If anybody feels called to click the button, I can post your comments up for everyone to read. You just go to the link in my bio. Um, so he brings a rock back, and the Buddha is like, uh, no, there's healing properties in here. There are these particular minerals in this stone, and these are what the minerals can do to heal the human body. So he says, you know, you're keep keep studying, but the job's not yours. Then the second uh, healer goes out into the woods, and he finds a rotting uh, deer carcass. And he brings back a part of this uh, rotting deer carcass. He says, well, surely there's no medicine in this. And the the Buddha says, oh, yes, you know, you can do this with the bones and you can do this with, you know, and especially because the animal died from natural causes, energetically it's all right, and here's what you can do with it. And uh, the guy's like, oh, okay, wow. I guess I don't have the job. And then finally, the uh, third healer, is nowhere to be found. And time goes by and time goes by and time goes by and finally they send out a search party and they find this healer and they say, you know, did you find anything that doesn't have medicinal properties? And the healer says, I can't find anything. Everywhere I look, I see medicine. And they say, you've got the job. And he becomes the physician of the Buddha. And that's where Tibetan medicine and Ayurvedic medicine comes from as practiced today. And I look at recovery in the same way. You know, there are people, and tomorrow I'm going to talk about plant medicine and recovery. So do stay tuned for plant medicine and recovery. That's happening tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific time on the live. But I will give you a little uh, tidbit here today where I say, you know, there are people that have had severe addictions to uh, heroin and in spending time with ayahuasca have found uh, freedom from their addiction. And remember, pairs of opposites. There are people who are seeking freedom from addiction who go and sit with ayahuasca and then they become fixated on the ayahuasca being what is going to heal them and then they become addicted to sitting in ceremony and circle and when i say addicted it's just like we started this conversation they lose sight of it's the healer is in you it's not outside of you and that part that healer that's in you is in everything and the union between the two or the yoga the oneness is where the healing takes place. Nice to see you, love Lisa on here. 
I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you hopped over to hang with us. Thank you. And if you're watching on Instagram, you want to hop over to the live where I can post your comments and questions, just come on over to click the link in my bio and I can put your comments up on the screen. You're welcome to continue to walk on, watch on Instagram. Walk on Instagram. This is from Andrea Power. Yes, 15 years sober in recovery circles. I like these conversations that expand on the spirituality and recovery. They're synonymous. It's very relatable for me. It's integrated, holistic uh, healing work. Yes, we can become addicted to the programs. Exactly. You see? So how do we break free? That's the topic of today's conversation. How do we break free from addiction? Well, first of all, we acknowledge that the world is operating in pairs of opposites. And some part of us is experiencing those pairs of opposites. And that part of us that is experiencing those pairs of opposites I call it the inner knower. I like the word guru. Some people struggle with that word. If you don't like it, leave it. No problem. But there is, there are practices in our life, ways of showing up that will allow us to be amongst the pairs of opposites without losing ourselves to in such an extreme way. And so to break free from addiction is to recognize the patterns and cycles in our life that are causing a forgetting of who we are and then making a conscious commitment to build new patterns. And by the way, this is a long, slow game. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But that's, that's the process of uh, recovering your relationship to who you are. And it's really liberating to know that there are many, 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 many ways to do that. And yes, we break free by remembering, realizing we're never separate. Exactly. In the Sikh tradition, the Sikh faith, they say that if you take one step towards the guru, the guru takes a thousand steps towards you. Now, if you struggle with the word guru, why don't you just say replace it with inner knower? If you take one step towards the inner knower, the inner knower takes a thousand step to steps towards you. And the merging of the two, the merging of the two is exactly what Kira is saying. It's a remembering or a recognizing or a recovering. The truth is you have always been that inner knower. You have always been that supreme consciousness, that oneness. You have never been separate, even though everything around you has told you otherwise, including your thoughts. This is Maya. Make sense? Anything can be medicine. Everything is the guru. Nothing is outside of that. You cannot be separate from it. But the illusion is very convincing. And if we participate in the patterns, the, the ability to feel that connection that is always there becomes distorted. And then we start to subscribe to a version of reality that is elusive. Same with Kundalini Yoga, how I resonate with your rebel, extracting the truths that are in many very, very different paths. Definitely. Look for evidence of connection instead of looking to prove we are separate, for sure. Totally, Kira. I'm going to pop that one up there for everybody to see. The inner knower, the higher self. Oh, hey, I never knew that's how you make them bigger and smaller. <laughs> oh, this is fun. So cool. All right. Get focused here. If you're watching on Instagram and you're thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Click the link on my bio and uh, you'll find out. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. We are remembering. Yep. Yes, non-attachment and non-dualism, they go together. However, because they're pairs of opposites, non-attachment may require some attachment to understand the relationship between the two. You see what I'm saying? Like, I had to get really into abusing drugs and alcohol to understand that those weren't in alignment with my destiny. And at the same time, we're here talking about it, so I guess it was. 
or I have to get really strict about my spiritual practice and, and explore the dogmatic side of the faith that means something to me so that I would quit and stop practicing and then, and then feel that and now have a relationship with it where it's like I don't do what I do because I have to or I've been told to. I do what I do because it's who I am. And it's not for anybody else. And it's going through the pairs of opposites, through the aversion and attachment, and feeling them both and then recognizing who I am in the middle, which is exactly like what the Buddha called the middle way, or if we want to use the word kundalini, that's what the yogis meant too. The central channel between the pairs of opposites, they called the sushamna nadi that runs up and down the spine. It's not about there literally being a snake inside of your spine. I mean, come on, give me a break. It's not about that. It's about creating a relationship where you're able to hold sun and moon at the same time. That's the middle path. That's the kundalini. That's the awakening. That's the path of recovery. I see who I am in relationship to these pairs of opposites. And I can empty out my mind or I can find that neutral mind, as Lovelisa just shared. I can access that space through devotion, through service, through creativity, through whatever it is that you do. And I can see who I am in relationship to the pairs of opposites. But once I'm aware of that, it doesn't stop the pairs of opposites from continuing to operate in this manner because that is the building blocks of creation, of nature. That's how it all works. Pairs of opposites working together. And then because we have a connection to this Akal Purk, the supreme consciousness, the one and all, we start to see, ah, this is how it operates. We don't know the whole system we don't want that kind of responsibility, but we have a taste of it because it's in us. And then having a taste of it, we're able to hold those pairs of opposites and go through the process of recovering our relationship to ourself, the connection that has always been there, which y'all have stated. And in being aware of it, it'll make it a little more mm, light, <laughs> like levity, you know, in relationship to the heaviness of the pairs of opposites. You see who you are. And then the intense pain, you see it like there is medicine in this pain. Or the, the need for pleasure, it's like, it's okay to be bored. It's okay to just sit there and not do anything. Sometimes, you know, rest, whatever. You're just becoming more aware of these polarities that are happening all around you. Shout out Jai Yoga Studio. Shout out Kyla Rainey. Shout out Mark Hartman on the Instagram. We're live over on the YouTube. Positive, negative mind, and in the middle, neutral mind, where we take the pearls from both positive and negative minds. Yeah, it's in, you know, that's the nature of all spirituality is re remembering who you are in relationship to the pairs of opposites. That's the journey of recovery. And addiction is going towards one and away from the other, thinking that someday that's going to work. What does it say? Dude, you give way better directions than someone who's only ever driven on the straight path. Well, potentially. <laughs> you know, we're all doing our best out here. That's why the uh, saying from Ram Das is so powerful, right? We're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other home. You know, and that's where, if, if we have some understanding of this, that's where compassion comes in around addiction too, where it's not like, you know, that person who's really struggling with addiction is bad or they should be locked up or the war on drugs that came out, you know, all of this stuff. It's just more of the same. Go towards one and away from the other. It won't work. It all You always end up back where you started if you try that. Experience is the best teacher. Yes. Go through it. Hold them both. Hold the pairs of opposites together. So tomorrow on our morning session, I'm going to talk about um, recovery and plant medicine. Really excited to share some of the thoughts on that. It may be a little rebellious for those of you who are connected to the 12 steps, just saying. But hey, we're rebels around here. And, um, and by the way, it's not saying plant medicine is for everybody. Y'all know from listening to this talk, right, that it's going to be holding both. Anything has the potential to be medicine, to awaken. 
Anything has the potential to be misused and distract us from who we are. And that process of remembering is recovery. That process of remembering is dharma, dharma. And really it's about listening. Like Nanak said, Only through deep listening can pain and error be dissolved. Sarah Peters, uh, this is your last uh, chance, everyone. If you want to make any comments, uh, please pop your comments up on the screen. We're coming down to the end of our hour here. Uh, it's just so effing painful to sit with sadness, elbow cough. <laughs> Having a real day today. Nice to listen in here while forcing myself to do the dishes. Good vibes. Yes, I feel you. You know, I listen to like, when I'm like in it, you know, like when I'm like really just like, Ugh, I don't know if I can go on like what you're uh, referring to Sarah Peters and I'm doing the dishes I go upstairs by myself I turn on a, har a hardcore band that I love you know like I like this band called off with their heads and and I just like scream my head off along with the music <laughs> and usually about two or three songs in I remember who I am I don't put the mantra on then I put the mantra on and I put the Gurbani on and the times when I feel held. You know, I'm in the presence of my guru and I feel the love and I want to go deeper into the love. But when I'm in that aggression and when I'm in that anger and when I'm in that like, I just want to like, I don't know what to do. I scream it out. I dance it out. And those, those are two you know, what appear to be pairs of opposites. I don't know if y'all know, but I've got Lemmy from Motorhead tattooed on this wrist. Can y'all see him? How do we do this? There's Lemmy from Motorhead tattooed on this wrist. And then I've got Guru Nanak, the first guru of the six, tattooed on this wrist. And the reason I have them both on there is a, rem a reminder of what we're talking about right now, to hold both. Only through deep listening can pain be resolved. Being gentle with ourselves as we dismantle the addictive patterns or listening to metal helps too. <laughs> yes. It's all sound as teacher. Sound as teacher. Thank you everyone for showing up such a beautiful community. Thank you, Tiago, for your consistency, devotion, and teachings. Love to all. Thank you. Thank you, sister. So we'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and we're going to talk about plants and uh, recovery so that's going to be fun if you have questions please uh, reach out to me you can email me tiagoprem at the dharma temple.com um, tiagoprem.com has my schedule on there you can also see it on instagram got a live uh, link schedule up there and um, i appreciate all the love and support if you feel called to uh, deepen your relationship with me and with the community, there's two ways to do it. You become a member of the Truth Seekers Union um, or do some one-on-one -on -one counseling with me. Um, yeah, it just uh, this is my life's work here, so this is how I make a living. So if you ever feel called to make a contribution financially, it's all good. I appreciate it. And if, if it's not available for you, that's okay too. You know, I'm going to continue to do this work and trust that the work is valuable and continue to connect with all of you. So thank you everybody for being here. Looking forward to sharing about plants on the, on the talk tomorrow and uh, their relationship to recovery and my experience with them. And uh, look forward to seeing you all uh, very soon. We got to hit the music, right? Bring it up a bit. So that's it, folks. Another edition of Revealing the Diamond. You can catch the lives on youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh or watch them on YouTube. And they happen every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 a.m. Love you. Bless. All right, everybody. Thanks for all your comments. Um, I love you so much. Blanca, love Lisa, Kira, B. Noel, Waiguru. Thanks for being here. And um, we'll see you all tomorrow. Love you so much. Bless. <laughs>